Hello, hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, I've got another um, disappearance for you. Oh. So I know how much we don't love the unsolved ones, but um, that is somehow what I decided to go for. Alrighty. For the second time in a row. <laughs> so here we are. But um, yeah, without further ado, let's get right into this one. I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grim. Woo! Have you heard of Alexander Slowly? No, I don't think so. Okay, so he was born on October. August 4th, 1991, in England. And um, I don't know how he got this nickname, but he apparently went by the nickname Gog, like G-O-G, because of his glasses. Oh. I think, like, goggles, maybe, but... Yeah, yeah, so the... (laughs) It's quite funny, actually. The first article that I read just, like, called him Gog, and I was like, who... Who is that? (laughs) Like, like they were just like, yeah, this is this is him. Um, yeah, so I had to, I had to do a little bit of like a deep dive to figure out why he was even called that. But yeah, um, yeah. So he did go by this nickname. Um, family-wise, he had three sisters: Tasha, Tazra, and Latina. And um, his parents were separated. So I think his sisters and him lived with his mother, uh, Narissa Tivy, and she kind of worked as a bookkeeper around the area. Um, I don't exactly know what his father Christopher did, but I do know that he passed away in 2014. Um, Yeah, so he studied at the Islington Arts and Media School in North London, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. I know it's like an English name, but I still feel like I'm butchering everything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this was the secondary school in Finsbury Park. And um, all of his teachers and everything said that he was like really good in all his classes, but he was especially good in maths. Um, He was even about to start this accountancy course at City and Arlington College. Um, So that, I guess, like kind of makes sense, but I feel like that's like, one of those things that you look forward to, you know, mm-hmm. like starting a new course or something like that, as much as uni and college is painful. <laughs> starting out is exciting. Yeah. Um, he was 16 years old and about to turn 17. Um, so two days before his birthday on August 7th, um, 2nd, he disappeared. Um, like I said, so about to start this course at college mm-hmm. so and all of his friends and family said that, like this was really unusual like he was really excited for it so it was a really weird set of circumstances around this disappearance and again it's one of those unsolved ones so like we still don't know what happened mm-hmm. um but he was described by his friends and family as someone who dressed really smartly he was not scruffy i think is how his mother described him um, he was around five foot five or 165 centimeters tall, 
and he had light skin with quote-unquote striking blue eyes. Um, So the timeline, I think, is kind of tricky because there really isn't that much information, to be honest. Um, There is another podcast that um, I listen to that I'll link in our bio that gives some more information, um, and I kind of use that as most of the information that I found regarding the timeline here, but what they said is that basically in early 2008, he was driving a car um, that didn't belong to him, and he was pulled over by the police and was given a citation for driving underage, so he was told that he was due in court within a year, but then also like this information is iffy because it's not like public so nobody's sure if it's like the traffic violation was why he was due in court or if it was something else that was why he was due in court um but regardless there was this court appointment made for him in the spring or summer of 2008 um so i think maybe people think that he was trying to get out of that okay um as like a potential reason for his disappearance Mm-hmm. Um, but on August 1st he went to his friend's house in North London um, I think they only intended to like stay together during the day but they were still together by nighttime. so he decided to spend the night despite not having a change of clothes or anything so he was wearing the same clothes he got there in on August 1st um, by the morning of August 2nd he was still staying over at this friend's house and he said that because it was so close to his birthday, um, his family was like preparing for that celebration. So he left his friend's house around noon, wearing the same clothes that he left in on the first, and he went to return home for his birthday celebrations. But he never made it home. So at this point, he had very little money on his person. He'd had no change of clothes, and he also didn't have like a passport or anything else with him, like no other identification, nothing that he could use to like get out of the country or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, he did have a mobile phone on him, which I assume he used to tell his parents like that he was leaving his friend's house and that he was staying over at his friend's house, but it stopped connecting when he went missing. So everyone kind of just said that this disappearance, like, was very unusual for him, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. even if you had a court case pending, I feel like a birthday celebration is something that you look forward to. Yeah. And going to school is something you look forward to. And it didn't seem like a giant one, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not, like, an assault case. It's like Right, like, it's a traffic violation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know Um, I don't know what he was thinking at that point all I know is that like I mean to be fair like I would be stressed about that too Mm. but there's nothing you can do about it until the court case yeah so I don't know I have no idea but um when he didn't show up at home his family called his friend and his friend confirmed that Alex had left um but then when he didn't come home even by the end of the day they called the police And they searched the area, but the police didn't find any evidence to indicate where he may have disappeared to. Um, In fact, four years after his disappearance, in 2012, one officer even said, quote, 
it's like he disappeared off the face of the planet, end quote, because there was just that little evidence. Like, there was really nothing. Wow. Like, not even any trace of him ever recovered on, like, CCTV or anything. He was just gone. That's crazy that that can still happen, like, now. Like, I feel like I think of that happening as, like, an old-timey thing when, like, there was technology, like, cameras and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's crazy that, yeah. Like, there was, like, like, he must have gone... There was some area of town that had, like, some sort of CCTV footage. Yeah. Like, traffic lights and everything. Those have cameras on it. Mm-hmm. And it's it literally is mind-blowing that he just disappeared. Yeah. Like, where did he get to? Yeah. Um, Crazy. In 2008, even then, in August, after he disappeared, there's still months left of the year. Mm-hmm. There were no sightings of him reported. Wow, that's all I can see. Because, like... I feel like people just sometimes think they see people. I think you know, like it might have been like, yeah, I think what might have happened is that they must have gotten some, but then like verified oh. that it wasn't true. Okay. Because I, I also feel like the likelihood of getting absolutely no sightings is mm-hmm. ridiculously low. Yeah. Yeah. But there were no like verified sightings, I feel like is what the article is trying to say. Okay. Um, in 2009, there was a possible sighting of him in East London, but again, it was never really confirmed if that was, like, actually, like, a legit... Like, oh my god, like, Alex Lowy. Mm-hmm. Um, later that year, in October of 2009, the charity Missing People partnered with the supermarket Iceland Foods LTD, and they arranged for his story and his picture to be on milk cartons. Um, and I don't know about you, but I always thought of the milk carton missing children posters as like late 1900s. Yeah. Like 1990s, 1980s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently his case was actually one of the first ones to be publicized in this way. Oh, wow. So that's 2009. That's like crazy. the end of the year in 2009. Isn't that? I, yeah, I could have sworn it was a late 90s thing, or like a late 1900s thing. Maybe it was like a, a in the US, it was a late 90s thing, and they never did it in the UK. Okay. I think that might be it. They might have been like, we'll take a page from the Americans this time and do the milk cartons. Um, yeah, that could be it. Yeah, but his picture was on nearly 13.5 million milk cartons. Wow. Um, in July of 2015, his mother, Narissa Tivy, was actually surprised to learn that the police had received numerous sightings of him in 2009 after the first unconfirmed one. And she said that she met the police many times, but they never told her about this list. I don't know if that's a violation of anything or not, mm. to be honest. Um, I feel yeah. like it's just like an ethical violation. Yeah. Um, but of course, also, it's kind of like one of those... I don't want to give you false hope things, I feel like. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, if they had sightings, they must have at least followed up on some of them and, and couldn't find anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there was really, like I said, nothing there um, to even follow up on. In September of 2017, they tried something else. They The Metropolitan... Metropolitan Police's Central Images Unit, um, one of the, the officers there, Mick Neville, 
decided to look beyond just his case. And he actually found similarities, comparisons between Alex Slowly's disappearance and another disappearance in London at the same kind of um, time, time frame for another student who was also really good at math. And I don't know what kind of comparison that is, like what kind of similarities just like the math could have in common. Mm-hmm. But um, this was the disappearance of Andrew Gosden, who was 14 years old when he disappeared in 2007. And that was less than a year before he slowly disappeared. Okay. So Andrew Gosden on his way to Islington, um, Islington, which was two miles away from King's Cross Station. And um, I think so like similar area geographically and similar time frame and similar like I guess comparisons between the two of them um yeah I'm not sure but he ended up saying McNeville ended up saying quote it raises the question on whether there is a serial killer on the prowl the potential links between the cases need to be recognized end quote hmm then in September of 2019, the Metropolitan Police released an updated eFit, which is like, I think we talked about this with the last case that we did, but the electronic facial identification technique. Mm-hmm. So like a computer-based method of producing facial composites of, I think they usually use it for um, for wanted criminals based on eyewitness descriptions, but um, they must have like updated his picture, um, like aged it. And his mother also stated that it was really emotional seeing the effort of her son as, like, a 27-year-old adult because he was so young when he went missing. Yeah. Um, She said, quote, It's a great picture of Alex of how he might possibly look like now. Then you try to put a body to it and how he might be dressed and looking. He was quite a slick dresser, my son. He wasn't scruffy. End quote. Um, And she followed up by saying, quote, There's no closure to this. And with all the appeals and knowing your child would, would not just run away, you start thinking something terrible has happened to him. Mm. I would love to see him walk through the door. End quote. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah. Like, with all the cases and everything, like, it's hard enough to talk about what happened to the person who went missing. Mm-hmm. But it's also so hard for the family to just not know what happened. Yeah. And, like, that's... Like, they're the people who have to live through it every day. Yeah. I feel like especially if they know that, like, they wouldn't run away, then it's like, well, yeah. then that only leaves, like, the bad possibilities, really. Exactly. And that's even more horrifying. Yeah. Um, so at this that his national insurance number, bank account, and passport were not used in the 11 years after he disappeared. Mm. So, again... It's, like, one of those things where, like, he can't have possibly run away without all that information. Yeah. Um, at this time as well, Detective Constable Tom Boom from the Missing Persons Unit stated that there was no evidence that he was harmed, but there was also just no evidence at all, and that the case had gone cold. Like, there were no major leads. There were no leads. There was nothing they could even follow up on. Wow. Oh. Um, he said, quote, It is now 11 years since Alex went missing. The hope is he is safe and well and somehow managed to stay off of the radar in terms of using bank accounts, passports, and that sort of thing. As time goes on, it has become more and more concerning, although there's no proof of harm. End quote. Hmm. 
which also is so hard because like at least if there was some evidence like you'd know yeah but then if there's nothing I feel like you just hold on to the hope that everything's okay yeah and I just think that that can be equally as harming yeah true true yeah um his mother followed up on that statement by saying quote I think about him every day my last memory of him was telling him to get off my bed and go sleep in his own bed I do wish he was still Mm -hmm. on my bed and still sleeping there end quote She also said that she doesn't think that he changed his name or moved abroad, um, which makes sense, I think. Mm -hmm. But she finished off by saying, quote, my message to anyone who knows what happened is to come forward and speak in confidence to somebody. Whoever knows what happened will probably have kids. I'm sure they wouldn't want this to happen to their children, end quote. Mm. Which again, like, like, that's just so sad. Yeah. And it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, so a lot of this points to just, you know, like a mysterious disappearance, like something, something happened to someone who just wouldn't go missing normally. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did find a post that I want to read for you by Bambi Woods fan on Reddit. Um, and this is what I want to leave you with. Just something to think about. Again, I can't like corroborate any of this information, Um, it's Reddit, people can post whatever they want, but this particular user said, without being disrespectful to anybody's memory, I knew Alex. We went to the same school for a while. We had mutual friends. I would be extremely surprised if there was any link. I'll probably delete this later because I don't want to paint him in a bad light because he was a nice guy, but he had fallen quite heavily into drugs and with a gang crowd around the time he went missing. He had stopped going to school. He'd been arrested in juvenile court for drug crimes. He wasn't living with his mom because of his behavior. The friend's house he went missing from, he'd been living there for months. There were loads of rumors about him having huge drug debts and paying them off by being sent to other parts of the country to deal with a gang. I suppose these days people would call it county lines. That passport style picture of Alex on the missing people website, it's a mugshot from one of his arrests. The other one of him looking shy and skinny in the blue shirt looks years old. He looked nothing like that the last time I saw him. The place he was staying, the friend's house, was a total crackdown. Their friend's brother was on trial for murder in 2012 when he was apparently involved in a guy being shot. He was found not guilty, but clearly was hugely involved in London Fields. He's been in and out of prison for years. His friend also joined and is also in prison now, too, last I heard. London Fields have been linked to tons of violence and murder over the years. My first point is that it's way more likely for Alex disappearing to be linked to all the gang stuff that goes around here. If someone tried to snatch Alex, I can guarantee it would not have ended well for them. As far as I can tell, despite having been quite clever, he was the exact opposite of Andrew. Loads of mates, loads of parties, always out of the house, could generally take care of himself, and you probably wouldn't want to mess with him. I'm not saying any of this to criticize Alex. I liked him, but the truth is his life had completely gone off the rails. My second point is, knowing all of this, it makes me wonder what else the police knows about Andrew's case, which they haven't shared with the general public. All of this Alex stuff is common knowledge locally, and the police are definitely aware, but it has never been officially released by the police as far as I can tell. So that's a complete 180 to everything else I just talked about. Yeah. And I just think that when I read that post for the first time, after after finding everything like I could through news articles and stuff like that, I just think there's 
definitely a different side to probably a lot of the cases that we've talked about yeah that isn't on the news and would probably have some sort of relevance to what we're talking about you know what i mean yeah like of course they're not gonna they're not gonna bring all of this information into public light of course his mother isn't gonna talk about this mm-hmm. but like there are some plausible reasons within what this reddit user said yeah as to why someone would go missing yeah and again like like they also said like it brings into question what the police know about other cases that they're just not telling the public yeah that's true so yeah i don't know there's really not much else we can talk about like in terms of this i think but it's just something to think about like it made me really question all of the other information that I learned about a lot of other missing persons cases, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, stuff that was too, like, considered not, you know, good enough to tell people about these people, like, the people who went missing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, it's just, it's a lot to to be like, this person, of course you want to portray them in the best light possible, but... yeah. Is there some something in, you know, all the bad stuff that could at least provide some closure to the friends and family who didn't know all of this? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, thank yeah. you to that Reddit user for posting that. Because um, at least, you know, it's some it's something else. It's some information that mm-hmm. we should know. Hope that one day um, his family might get some closure about that. It feels like with what she's saying on the news, you know, it's something that really probably haunts their entire family and hopefully they'll get closure one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that is the story. It was like two parts, but um, and no conclusion. Two parts, no conclusion. <laughs> it's... uh. How we're rolling these days. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, would you would you like to, to change the subject for us? Sure, yeah. Um, well, I was telling you this a little bit, um, but I went to see Don't Worry Don't Worry Darling. Um, because I just I love Florence Pugh, so you know what? Yeah, honestly. Had to. Um <laughs> Had and it was to. not as bad as I was expecting. Like it has like a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something, and I don't think it deserves that. I, like, I feel like, like the critics are probably just jumping on the bandwagon of everyone hating like the drama and stuff that's happening. That's true, that's true. Maybe that was it. Yeah, could be. But yeah, it was pretty good. It wasn't like the best movie I've ever seen, but it was definitely not the worst, so. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I'll take it. So yeah, it was a nice little (laughs) outing to get some really gross buttery popcorn. Well, like, you know, like the butter is gross, but it tastes good. Oh, yeah. The gross buttery popcorn. (laughs) You really, you have to have it at the movie theater. I feel like you can't not have it when you go out to the movies. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, you do. Yeah. Um, It's a good update. I like that. Felt like a movie. I can attest. (laughs) felt like a movie thank you so I'm much so for that. very glad that harry, harry styles is right <laughs> yes he was very correct about that one perfect um but yeah that's it for me do you have any life updates 
Um, I started reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Mm. Um, and it is really good so far. It's not my usual style of books, but honestly, I'm like maybe a quarter of the way through it. And I think it might actually be a five-star read for me, depending oh, wow. on how the rest of it goes. What genre is it? Um, it's like real well I mean it's it's not non-fiction it's definitely a fiction novel but it's it's okay. like kind of about these two characters who meet when they're kind of little and they become friends and then they stop talking for a while they come back together um when they're at uni and then like one of them is at Harvard one of them's at MIT so it's like kind of Boston based okay. which is kind of nice and then there's like bits of pieces of them when they're 30 and kind of like their life journey but they're both like um game gamers game programmers so it's kind of like they're building this game together um but uh oh my god I can't remember the author's name but she her writing style is really great it's very engaging I really enjoy it Hmm. yeah so I would I would recommend all right yeah um but honestly I think that's it for me the rest of it's just like going to class and stuff (laughs) yeah um do you have anything else you'd like to share I do not Alrighty, do you want to spiel us out this week? Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. You can follow us, DM us, like our photos. And from our profile, you can email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us thoughts on stories we have covered, stories you want us to cover, or life updates of your own. We also have a Twitter, which is Podcast Grim, and a Facebook, which is Grim Podcast. And other than that, just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family about us. Yeah, and uh, we will see you guys next week. And I think next week is going to be next month, actually. Oh. So we'll do a little switch of um, our topics, and that'll be really fun. Yeah. I can't believe it's almost October. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. It really, really is. But um, we will see you in October, which is actually, I think, is going to be... Is it year three of us doing this podcast? Oh, it might. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I think it's our third anniversary. Crazy. Which is insane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But we will see you guys then. Yes. And until then, stay safe out there, you guys. Yes. Bye. Bye.